So enough about merch that we're gonna get soon. Uh, that I think everybody will like. So yeah, I think actually you know uh, the TFTI store will be up soon, guys. So you guys can go back and get TFTI shirts, uh, TFTI merch. But in the, in the store as well, it'll, it's the Spectre Studio store. So uh, we'll have the movie section uh, merch up as well. I don't know about this week, but maybe next week we'll have everything ready. We'll let you guys know. Just stay tuned for that. Um, welcome back to uh, the movie section podcast. I am your host, uh, Jesus, and my co-host, Gabriel, and my other co-host, Wolf. There we go. Welcome to the movie section, guys. And you stumbled upon the movie section at the store where you're at, and you're like, oh, shit. Who the fuck are these nerds talking about movies in the corner? <laughs> and this is us, guys. So let's get into it. Um, <laughs> it's a way of life. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I, well, I mean, you, you're old enough to remember movie sections and stores oh, yeah. and stuff, or like they had a big section of movie movies. Now there's what two little cubbies at Target <laughs> with movies. Pretty uh, much, yeah. Best Buy is done with physical media. Uh, movie Walmart. trading companies do anything alive. Walmart, Walmart kind of has some. They have like small. a little. They have their small section. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. They, I don't, I don't know if I've seen the five dollar dump bins anymore. <laughs> Damn, I don't know. I go it's to been, Target now. <laughs> yeah, I go to Target too. But even when I've gone to Walmart, like I don't think I've seen the bins for movies. Um, well, yeah. But they'll that, have a little small section of movies still, uh, Walmart. So they'll, they're keeping a little bit alive. Um, but yeah, physical physical media is dying. And it sucks because I don't think people know how big of an impact it's going to make uh, on your life. And people like... You know, they don't like think about it right now. They're, they're always like, oh, well, whatever. It's it's just what's going to be. Or they don't want to think about it. But it's like, you don't know how much it is going to affect you daily. Because, one, if physical media is gone, that means you, you don't own anything. Yeah. You don't own anything. So you can stream it. You can, quote, unquote, buy it on, uh, what you call it, on, on Apple Store. You can buy it on uh, Google Store. You can buy it on Voodoo. You can, whatever. And... You won't own it. You're just gonna. You're just kind of owning the license for those few years that they get it, and hopefully they renew it, and then you can continue having it on your library. But just like Funimation, didn't Funimation just go out of business? They're sold. Yes. And uh, anybody who owned movies on there, uh, they're gone. So you don't actually own them. They're gone. So it just proves that it's true. People are always like, no, they can't do that. And I'm like, they just did. Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? What about those uh, digital download? Uh, codes you get with DVDs now. Yeah, does that count? Yeah, those those are the ones that. Um, I mean, I guess because you put a purchase in. Yeah. So you actually initially own it. <clears throat> well, no, it, it still doesn't even count because I have the movies like a lot of the movies that come with digital copy, mm-hmm. and you put the digital copy on your movies anywhere or um, Google or wherever it tells you to go to, and it can still. They can still take it when it's gone. So only if you own the physical copy, because then they can't come over here and physically take it away from you, unless unless they physically take it away from you. So yeah, anything you downloaded, anything that's digital, like they can take it away from you, unless you have it like on a thumb drive, and you know you connect it to your TV. Then it may actually keep it. Yeah, then it's yours. But like yeah, anything that's gone through an app that's owned, you know, more than likely like it's gonna be taken away. 
So <clears throat> the importance that that brings it to like the importance of physical and streaming. So what are your thoughts on physical and streaming? Do you prefer physical? Do you prefer streaming? Um, why? Why not? Well, like last week, like I was saying, when you buy a DVD, a DVD, you contribute back into production. You contribute yeah. to pretty much the whole team behind the movie. So then it's like a second box office. Mm -hmm. And now that we're seeing rates go down for DVD sales, it kind of takes back a little bit from whatever's being made for that movie. Yeah. And that's whenever people are like, well, they don't make movies like they used to. It's like, well, the movies that we want, the money is not going to them. We get some D uh, box office sales, but we're not actually seeing money come back uh, second round for yeah. it. Yeah. You know, and that's what DVDs help boost on it. Cause I forgot what DVD. Well, I guess I can say Dark Knight, seeing that guy over there. <laughs> but uh, I think the, the second one, Dark Knight, made back like $150 million in DVD sales. Oh, wow. So it made its money back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's another – I mean, that's pretty much the budget for the movie itself. Well, like yeah. uh, oh, a, a, better, a better example – why physical does matter and, and just adding on to wolves is like grandma's boy yeah grandma's boy was a movie that they were like it's going to bomb at the box office like mm -hmm. after they made it they're like it's funny but no one's gonna come watch this and nick swartz and said like we knew it was gonna bomb and it <clears throat> and it did bomb at the box office <coughs> jesus <No. laughs> and it did bomb at the box office but uh nick swartz said but they figured like, okay, well, we'll count on DVD sales. And he's like, they didn't realize how much of an impact they did that. They made $100 million just off DVD sales. So it added on to the failure, which don't quote me, but maybe it made $30 million, mm -hmm. you know, on in box office. So you're on top of $100 million. You know, Nick Swerson said it was the most uh, stolen movie from Blockbuster as well. Uh, oh, yeah, people wanted to watch it so much. So it just comes, it just shows how much physical media matters right now and people can argue you know, like what's well, easier now you can get it now like all i gotta do is go online and and go to one of my apps that i pay for already monthly which is now equivalent to a cable was back in the day but no one wants to talk about that you know like yeah. it's exactly what cable we didn't want and now we're back at cable we're back in the start one but now it only feels like we have more control because like well we can just scroll through the libraries and see what movie we want but in reality you can't they yeah. don't have everything on there like when Warner Brothers said they were doing their app, their HBO Max, they were like, we have all these movies. But then the month after they started taking all the movies, like, oh, we're only going to put certain movies here and there. More control now. Yeah. Now they got you. Now you're subscribed. Now you got they got your money. Now they can put the movies that they want. And all of a sudden you're looking for Batman. And, oh, it's not on here this time. Or you're looking yeah. for any other Warner Brothers. It's not here. You know, you got to wait till they want to. It's just like Cable. Cable did the same shit where it's like, you're not watching The Grinch in July. You know, they're putting on the Grinch and Home Alone and stuff in December. So what what makes you think that streaming services aren't going to do that and hold movies for certain types and seasons? And then if you're, there's no physical copies, you have to wait and watch it when they want to watch it. And if they don't want a movie out and they don't want you to see a movie and there's no physical copy of it anymore, guess what? You won't even remember it exists. Yeah. It's done. So there's a, and, and you know, that's just a little bit of what's to come. From getting rid of physical copies, media, but um, nobody reads the license and agreement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I mean they have ownership over that whatever is being posted. Yeah, so oh, hundred percent. You never really have that movie. 
Yeah. No matter what you think. Yeah. So that's why owning the physical is just better because it's just you're right there. You have it. Yeah. You you go to movie training company, guys. Keep it alive. Uh, and, and I think you guys will regret it if y'all don't uh, buy well, physical copies. I miss the nostalgia of like going to a store mm-hmm. and well, like movie gallery, blockbuster. You go there. And you just kind of look at a movie and you just kind of glance over it for a good minute because the cover catches your attention. Yeah, yeah. And having it physically there to look at and just kind of go over, it gives a different feel than mm-hmm. just like mindlessly scrolling through a, um, a, a category on Netflix or Amazon <laughs> Prime or Hulu. Yeah. It doesn't hit the same. And, and, and adding to that, like whenever you do get the movie, like because you're in the store for – I don't know, maybe 15 minutes and you're debating on which movie to get. You find the side on that one. Like you're going to go home, watch it. And even if it sucks or it's good, you're going to watch it multiple times because you yeah. just spent money. You rented it. You got two, three days. So you got to return it back, whatever. Um, You're like, okay, fuck it. You know, even if you buy a movie, you would buy a movie for 20, 30 bucks. If it sucks or not that good, you're like, fuck, I'm going to watch it. You still watch it again. Right. And then sometimes you end up liking it because one of your favorite movies, it becomes one of the funniest movies you've seen after so many times because you watch it so much. And we don't get to do that with movies now mm-hmm. because you're able to just stream it. I don't like it. Boom, up to the next one. And you don't get to go back because there's movies that I've gone back to now that I didn't give a shot anymore the last few years that I'm like, oh, it actually wasn't that bad. Oh, yeah. you know, actually, it's I actually like this better this time around. And it sucks that it took another year and a half to rewatch this movie or whatever, where before it was like, Oh, I'll watch it again in a little bit, you know, like, yeah. but, you know, let me see if I like it or I'll have one of the guys come over and we'll watch this and let and see what they think about it. And then you rewatch it and kind of have a, maybe it does still suck or whatever, but we don't get that experience, um, any, anymore. It's just, the the streaming experience. Yeah. Well, it's like, um, I always thought it was funny, but I remember as a kid, uh, saw the first movie had a hard copy case that had the plastic coating around it and it had the fake blood kind of uh, like those scream masks yeah or ghost face and you had the knife yeah. for halloween you um, that, the oh, you had that yeah <laughs> we pumped the heart yeah 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 it was it was kind of like that you move the case around and you see the arm and the hand or the arm the hand and the foot on the case mm-hmm. and you can move it around blood moves around and uh they always put unrated on a copy yeah, yeah. and that was something i was actually telling a friend is like the funny thing is what drew you to a DVD was unrated mm-hmm. on a movie. And you always thought like, Oh, what's the crazy shit yeah. on this? And then it's That's just, so true. it's just a, sometimes an extra scene that you don't they even cut notice. Down the scene. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah. you didn't even notice. You're like, Hey, wait a minute. What like, happened differently than the movies? Yeah. It wasn't anything more gory, any more ex- uh, sexually explicit or anything like that. It was <laughs> just more like, uh, some runtime was yeah. cut down or, or maybe sometimes some scenes were, grotesque and then they just cut it but uh i mean something like that it was pretty you know interesting and kind of comical yeah and it made you want to like grab it and look at it and just start moving that around yeah and you're able to tell people too like i got the unrated version I got yeah. the unrated version. oh what is this like well i got you know it's like it wasn't an easy thing to just go well i'm gonna go home and watch it's like you gotta go buy it or rent it you know it's, so it's yeah. like fuck it's like okay there's no way over. else to get it yeah and then you got to get together with your friends or whoever it was to actually watch the movie uh, the unrated version, uncensored version, the whatever version they had, uh, even American Pie when they would come up with the, their own their own style, their own uh, versions too when they would drop yeah. director's cut. And it was cool because 
you were able to pick the different versions that you wanted for a lot of these movies. Um, and now again, you're just watching this version they gave you. And for this yeah. long until it, um, uh, it's gone from the streaming site. Well, it's also, you got to think quality and sound. Oh my and gosh. Sound picture. Yes. It, it really does vary so, from stream to DVD. So, okay. Saying that, uh, Gibby, Gibby hasn't said anything. So, uh, <laughs> Gibby, jump in on this. You're younger than us. You're 14 years old. So, uh, technically, at your age, you should be one to experience mostly just streaming, right? And I remember a few years ago, I told you there's a difference between streaming and physical media. And you were like, no, it's the same. Like, why would 4K this? And I was like, no, there's a very big difference. Like, there's a big difference when you have a 4K player, um, 4K TV, and uh, your actual physical copy, whether it's the Blu-ray or 4K movie, whatever it is, and you put it on your, your player, like, you're going to see the very real version the, the crisp the i wants it to be shown whether it's an old-timey film or it wants to be seen like it's in the 70s or very hd whatever you want the special effects to pop the music the sound you're gonna get that from the dvd the physical media compared to the streaming you're going to get a decompressed version where every like the 4k is not really 4k if you're watching you can pay for the 4k but you're not gonna get it the streaming itself it's it's just not as strong and it doesn't hit as good as the physical version right so you experiencing both now what is your take on it my take on both oh, jesus christ <laughs> like what what's physical, better watching movies Difference. physical and yeah. streaming oh okay well obviously there's a difference especially when it comes to like physical media and streaming like there's it's definitely more crisp and definitely more like it's definitely shown how it, it was meant to be shown. And in a sense where it's like the colors are, you could see that and that, but you wouldn't usually see those things. in like, if you streamed it mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. So I, I would say that. Yeah. The colors is a big different thing because the blacks on there, it'll look very pixelated. Yeah. Like when it gets real, real dark, like very, very pixelated. But when you put the 4k version, the physical copy, doesn't matter, DVD, whatever. You're like, oh, that's black. Yeah. Oh, that's what the color is right here. And I, I don't think people really uh, aren't really going to grasp that until, like, I think streaming is taking over for sure already. It's 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 almost it's almost fully taking over. It's kind of wrapped us to be used to how streaming sounds looks. Yeah, be and people don't realize it's just coming from a cloud. All that data for yeah. it to be like the official sound, the official picture. It's not going to be as clear mm -hmm. when you have a physical copy. It's just all data transferred right there into the, the your device, which is Xbox, PlayStation, PC, your DVD player. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and then you actually see it for what it is. Yeah. Which isn't the uh, the best. Yeah. Um, so with that, I would go with physical copies, guys. So if you guys are interested in and yeah. If, if you guys are interested on in how actual movies should be looked, go get a DVD player, go get your Xbox, go get your PlayStation 5, get a Blu-ray, uh, 4K, a DVD movie, put it in. I promise you the experience will be different immediately. Um, you'll have a big different um, view and watch than you would have streaming. I promise. Yeah. It's like, uh, I don't know if people remember it, but it's like radio. When you listen to a song on the radio and then you actually bought the CD, you were like, oh, wait, well, the 
why does the CD sound so much better? You're like, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. Um, I had started buying some CDs again, and one of them was of a band I like called Lamb of God. And there is a difference in nuance of sound you get from listening on Spotify compared to the the CD. On the CD, I have to turn it down a little bit because it's just full blown. Yeah, and every you can hear everything. Yeah, and Spotify has it to where if you put it on a very high quality with a very loud sound, uh, it will even say it might diminish at a certain point. Mm. So of course you're not getting a full uh file mm-hmm. when you're doing that it's coming from a cloud yeah and whenever you have a physical copy it's a full file mm-hmm. you're getting everything right there i challenge everybody to go do that and just see for yourself <clears throat> what the difference is when it comes to music put a cd on uh a cd an actual cd and a cd player and then stream something you know yeah. to spotify and then do the same thing with the movie put on a streaming movie from netflix the same movie and then put the same movie on in 4K DVD uh, on your TV, and then see what the difference is. You may not even know a difference right now, but I promise you it's a huge difference. Sound, every single thing, quality, like it's it's a big, big difference. Also bring back listening from an album start to finish. <laughs> yeah, man. Because I feel like with me, streaming services, we're just like, oh, I like the song. What album? Well, I don't know, but it's on this cover. Yeah, yeah But if you true. listen to it, some albums, it's like, it almost plays out like a movie. Yeah. But it's it's uh, audio. That's how albums are done and should should always be. Is it's made for the like experience, the yeah. full album. It's not just for one song or two songs. It's the full album because you'll find songs on there that it's not going to be popular that you're going to fall in love with. And you're going to be like, oh my god, these songs are amazing. Yeah, but you wouldn't have found out because you're only going off what people are making popular. It's like. If they made those popular, imagine those other songs that you might like that you didn't even know existed. Yeah. And imagine the full album, how it sounds from beginning to end that you're not getting to experience just because of Like the when songs. you hear something blend into the yeah. next song and it just like, it's not like a, a little cut and then it goes in. It yeah. doesn't sound as good when you stream it. Yeah. But whenever you have a full just transition going in, it's like, like a lot of rock and metal albums do that. And it's like, oh man, like it sounds great. Even with scores, like if you listen to a movie score. When you listen to the album start to finish, it just kind of feels like you're on the journey, kind of replaying the movie back in your head. Yeah. But yeah, that yeah, was just yeah. a little take no, on that. I'm, I was I'm like, with... that that's that's something that I feel like a lot of people don't do anymore. No, not at all. Not at all. And I'm I'm with you on that. I think uh, <clears throat> bring that back. Bring your physical everything back, guys. Let's just jump on that. Books, too. Yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> um, all right. I wanted to talk about something else that... uh. And I don't want to jump too much into this, you know, but I do want to talk about it. And it's the, um, we'll talk a little bit about the DC, the D- DC MCU and, um, the superhero fatigue, right? Uh, real quick on the superhero fatigue. I feel like people don't understand what people mean when they talk about superhero fatigue and what people mean, like when they say like the MCU is in shambles or the MCU isn't, you know, isn't doing the best, like. I get it. I like the MCU. I, I like I, I like the beginning, early stages, up until Endgame. Like seriously, after that, it just kind of it really went into shambles. It was really it went downhill. No black. Well, what about Guardians of the Galaxy three? I'm like, yeah, but like, there's a few movies or projects that stuck out that were really good. Yeah. But nothing has hit like pre Endgame besides Guardians of the Galaxy three. Only thing. Uh, <laughs> and, Disappointingly. Uh... I've only seen a few episodes of Loki, 
first season of What If and Thor, Love and Thunder. Did not like that. Um, oh my God, what was the other movie? Doctor uh, Strange. Doctor Strange. Yeah, Most that's pretty much it after Phase Four that I've seen. I think almost the same, maybe a little bit more. Gibby, uh, can you pull up the list of the MCU stuff that's come out? That way we have it right there. Um, and you make a, and I'm glad you said that because like that brings up a good point. It's like that's what I'm, we mean by superhero fatigue. Like so, superhero fatigue is when you're just getting tired of this shit. Yeah, it's just you're oh fuck, this is enough. Enough is enough, you know. And so. People are like, no, y'all don't have superhero fatigue. And it's like, it is, it is. like, Because even the ones that are starting to look good, you're already kind of like, ah, I don't even know if I care to watch this anymore. Yeah. Like, Because it's so connected to universes that it feels like, well, I've missed these other films or I haven't been wanting to see these or that movie sucked that I saw and that one sucked and that one wasn't that good. And I don't know what this is, you know, this is supposed to bring up or whatever that you're kind of tired of it, right? And the I feel like the only movies that people are gonna want to start to see now are the uh solo stand on its own movies. You know, I I think people are gonna give those a chance because it's gonna feel more like they don't have to do homework. Yeah. Like it's just stand on its own. You can watch it. If you don't watch it, you don't watch it, but like it uh won't feel like homework, right? And yeah. what when it comes to superhero fatigue, it's real. People are like, no, it's not real. Like, blah, 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 blah. Like, everyone wants to cry about it. But it's real. It really is. Whether it comes to MCU, whether it comes to DC, superhero, just in general. And that's coming from a huge DC superhero fan. Where I remember I was like, it was, it'll never die. It'll never die. Never. It'll keep going. And then now I'm like, fuck. Like, I don't even care for it, right? And, yeah. oh, it's just you. It's like, well, that's how a lot of other people feel. Yeah. You know? And that's all started when we were kids or middle school at the time maybe even high school and like now it's like like at the time we were like oh crap like we're finally getting this mm -hmm. and people are starting to appreciate it they're starting to understand it's getting a lot of revenue so people are actually interested in comics and stuff mm -hmm. like that and now it's kind of gotten to the point where it's like eh. <laughs> you know like i'll just wait till it gets on stream yeah you know like it's yeah. gotten to that point or like people are like oh well I've already seen the others, so why am I going to go and watch another rendition or an extension on it if I already, you know, read comics or I just yeah. watch some guy on YouTube talking about it? Yeah, and and even then, like, you kind of get tired of, like, because a lot of these movies, especially in the MCU, they feel so, like, well, this one might not be good, but it'll be connected to this. Yeah. And you're like, well, I don't want to, what? Like, I'm not, why do I, why make movies that are, simply just to make another step instead of standing on its own right yeah like i don't like that like one make every movie stand on its own and then and then it's connected somehow right but they're not doing it that way anymore that's how they used to do it now it's like they has to be connected some way oh the, well we need to introduce this character who cares if the show sucks or movie sucks let's just introduce them so they can be put in this movie and then they can be added in avengers and avengers is what will really count and it sucks that we gotta kind of make movies that way now yeah. Especially in the MCU. And so people are like, oh, you know, the MCU has never been in shambles. And I'm like, well, it has. The last three years, it's shown how. Morbius? Yeah. It's, well, I wouldn't say it's MCU. That's more Sony Marvel. Yeah. But oh, Sony Marvel, it's own. Yeah, the, okay. the Sony Marvel, though, like, that's ridiculous. The, yeah. We'll, and we'll talk about that, too. Um, but <laughs> I, I think. 
people are going to people are having superhero fatigue. We're going to continue it, and I think it, I, I do think that there is a chance of it to stop though. Yeah, if we get some good quality movies where people actually care about the story, there's art into it, there's actually meaning to it, and it doesn't just feel like, oh, this is a connectivity to that, and I have to know this character from that movie. Like, if it doesn't feel like that, I think people will give this another shot, right? Yeah. And if we're not getting 30 fucking projects a year, because, yeah. fuck, bro, like, I stopped, man. I couldn't no more. I was like, Cause I got a life. I got other, yeah. other stuff I would rather watch. Like, there's a few people I know, they never watched <clears throat> any of the movies, uh, Back whenever Phase Four, like all the original actors we knew with Chris yeah. Evans, Robert Downey, Samuel Jackson being in it, all of them, Jeremy Reiner, um, that now they're catching up to it. Yeah, and now they're like, oh, there's a chart that tells you what chronological order to watch them all in, because they all came out different years and different times, but there's a certain way to watch that phase. Mm-hmm. Now it feels like it's just kind of just thrown out there and figure it out. You know? Yeah, that's true, and I get it. There's so much, there's so many years behind it and stuff. You know. Yeah. I get it, but it's just a lot of fucking. It's a lot, and it's a lot when there isn't. There's a. It's okay to be a lot, but when there's too much, you're just like, okay, you know, like it's okay to have donuts, but when you overeat, you're like, I don't want no more. <laughs> yeah. This is enough. Like moderation, especially in a day. They're giving us so many stuff in a year. It's like, oh. I'm glad that this year the only like MCU project is Deadpool. And I think we need to go back to just getting creative and keeping those characters. Like I don't like the fact that like and it's me, I'll be honest. I'm not big on I think it's a slap to the face to minorities when we switch character a white character to a Hispanic or black person. Because it's only telling me that your original character as a Hispanic or black, your or these other Hispanic or black aren't good enough for the screen. Only you're only good enough to play a white superhero. I don't get how that how that doesn't go through any of our heads. Like that should be more of a slap to the face than being like, no, it's a good thing that Michael B. Jordan played Human Torch and he's black. It's like, no, it's a bad thing because it's telling Michael B. Jordan like you're not good enough to play another black uh, comic book character, yeah. but you're good enough to play a white one because the well, white like, one is what it is. You know, like it luckily enough sense. he came in the yeah, Killmonger. Now he's Killmonger, which yeah. is great. And bo- boom. Proof to show that it, it could work. It could work, yeah. and it works, right? So I'm not the biggest fan. Like right now, when people are talking about like um, Superman Legacy, <laughs> they're mad saying, "Oh, there's not a lot." I've seen a lot of white people getting cast, not a lot of minorities. I'm like, well, you look at the comic, look at the characters he's picking; they're all white. Yeah, let it be. And then, uh, why would I want a Hispanic playing uh, a white character's role? That doesn't make sense. Like. No, you're that's just slapping me in the face saying like your characters aren't good enough. So play this one. Like you're just that's a slap to my face. Like let it wait and let it and let it, let the characters come out organically and not be enforced on us because we need minority. I need yeah. artists. We need artists out there. We don't need this bullshit pushing agendas. We need yeah. artists out here. I don't care whether you're gay, straight, Mexican, black, Indian, trans. I don't care. I care about the artist you are. Yeah, that's because- it. I feel like uh, MCU has gotten a little political with that. Big time. I think that's just a Disney thing, mm-hmm. and they're trying to do that. But they also see it's a market thing. Oh, for sure. That's why. Like I heard, I don't know if it's true, but I had heard sometime last year that Magneto might have been replaced as far as his uh, ethnicity. 
And oh, people yeah. were like, that's kind of an insult since he's supposed to represent the a Jew. a Holocaust. Yes. Yeah, he's yeah. Jewish and he's a Holocaust survivor. And he's supposed to represent the angst that came from that. Yeah. And, and it, does, it, it does, that feels like a big slap to the face. A hundred percent. That's what they did to Osaka and the new Avatar show mm-hmm. where a lot of his character in the first couple seasons was, they were like, they told, they asked the interviewer like, Hey, is Sokka was kind of sexist in like the first two seasons. Are they going to change that? And he was like, yeah, we're not adding that. But then I was like, okay. And then I heard someone made a point. They were like, Sokka's sexism was a really like, like character development, like part of his life. Cause like, he, what is he going to learn? Because in the, I think they're like the second or third season, he meets up with all these girls and he's like, oh, I could be, I could be all these girls because, you know, he, he's sexist. So he's just like, all right. And then the, he gets humbled by all of them and then he falls in love with him and he's like, he learns the way to respect women and like all these other things. Mm. And he really changes his character to be a better leader, especially when he comes to like how he treats like other people and like to be humble. Yeah. And I hate that they're like, no, no sexism. Yeah, there's some <laughs> there's some kind of inner issue with the person. Then it, they kind of develop from that. Mm-hmm. They learn from their mista- mistakes, and then they become better. Yeah. And then they made Aang uh, like a monk. But even though he's a monk, but even but he was a kid. Yeah. In the show, he was very adventurous, and he was like, oh, I want to explore the world. That's like the whole point of it. Like the show, he was like, he's an avatar, so he just wants to go explore the world. He's a kid. Yeah. But in the show, they made him, apparently, he's like, just like a monk like he didn't he doesn't want to do anything he just wants to sit down and, oh. and apparently they're trying to follow game of thrones i'm like no just follow the show <laughs> yeah the the new show came out uh no i'm just you know i'm just talking about like the interviews and what people are oh what they're and, speculating like the directors are saying oh okay and then apparently oh. uh yeah the water tribe kind of thing where they're very sexist towards um uh, the girl whatever i forgot her name you know someone the water yeah. chick um uh, which they were like, if they toned down the sex, and was, was, what is she going to overcome in yeah. the village? Because, like, the water tribe was very, like, sexist. And that's where Sokka learned it from, because they were like, the women are supposed to stay here and defend the home. But the the girl, she was like, no, I want to explore the world. I want to be a fighter. Yeah. So that's what she has to overcome and teach the people, like, hey, I can become a fighter and I can do all these things. And that's, like, the whole point. And why they, I don't know why they're getting rid of all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think that's a big issue with a lot of media now. And superhero movies are really facing that. Because, uh, like, Madam Web, I think, was just a big example lately. I haven't seen it, but a lot of reviews are just like, this looks like it, it had multiple writers. Yeah. It had one writer developing a part, and then somebody came in to write. Another and then someone ate. Yeah. yeah. And it was all studio heads pushing that agenda. Bless you. And Bless you. it's cheaper for them, I guess, to do that. But, uh, that's a big issue is like nobody has something to work on. Like um, I, I was watching a, a video where they were talking about this guy who wrote a script for a studio and they wanted an idea. So he wrote out the whole idea, had this centerpiece of what revolves around the character and why they overcome from that. Well, the heads were like, well, we like the idea, but that conflict in the middle, we want that out. What? So now it's like, so y'all wanted my idea, but now I have to come up with an idea without the idea for the story. Yeah, that doesn't you make know, sense. Yeah, and it the makes, core. It's yeah. it's like how how am I supposed to write good character development if uh, this character has nothing to work from? If he's just 
you know, he given. just becomes that yeah, because he is that. Exactly. And it's like, that don't feel interesting, you know? I'm glad you're saying that. And, I, and uh, you know, Gibby, you made a good point, too, how they take away everything away from characters where it's they're building off of something. They're, yeah, they're, they're fighting personal demons. Exactly. And I don't think that that people writers now are understanding that they're just writing and being like that you just it just needs to be this way like you said like it's giving already like but why it's like well you know it's like here's the thing the honest truth is it's it's most of the people watching films are male they're really it's really what it is there's a lot of female for sure but most is male right and males just love good movies there is some male that are you know they're their own whatever but most males just watch good movies like you're telling me that you watched um, Rambo, or you watched Rocky, or you watched John Wick, and you were like, that man on there is the best man in the world. No, you were just like, oh, John Wick's fucking awesome. Oh, Rambo's fucking awesome. Oh, the Terminator's fucking awesome, right? And now, you're telling me still, uh, the, with the same same person you are now, watching movies like uh, Alien, uh, watching movies like Tomb Raider, watching movies like... Um, uh, what's another good woman lead uh, film? Annihilation. Annihilation. That you go, oh, I don't like this because of women. Oh, I don't like this because uh, the woman lead. No, no, no. Tell me you don't watch those movies going like, damn, she's fucking badass. Yo, yeah, she's fucking awesome. Oh, yeah, I believe that. Because most of those movies that we named are made with just being like, okay, cool. This woman's going to play this. Who cares? Uh, what's important, though, is the story that she's going to be telling. We're telling her. The character. What's the character going to be doing? Oh, why is she badass? Because of this. Because the fact that you see some of the females losing as a male, you feel for them and you go like, oh, I want her to overcome this now. But when you see characters never lose, never overcome, whether it's male or female, you don't like that. You're just like, this is fucking stupid. Like, why? Like, it doesn't make any sense. I think it's kind of going back to like I was saying last week with uh, Tarantino, Mm -hmm. his interpretation of 80s films. It's like, there's no conflict, you know? And if there is, it's always resolved. Yeah. Like, you're always like, oh no, they're losing. It's like, yeah, but we already can see where this is going. Yeah, exactly. This trend has been following the decade of movies. And that's whenever... uh, Roger Ebert, what he loved about whenever Tarantino came out is that he saw, oh, now we're having conflict with characters. No, no good guy or bad guy is always the winner. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody loses as much as they win. And that's a good thing because that's relatable to the viewer. And we have something to work with here as far as building on the characters and the world around them. You get a different experience. You get a different uh, view. Exactly. And it's not the same thing. And it'll make you feel different, but in a good way you know like you yeah. said like you're, you're, you you understand that and you're like oh shit that is real yeah everybody triumphed back then uh well i guess an example that tarantino said i think it was tarantino or somebody i watched down it but that in the 80s because the cold war war was going on a lot of movies had that overhyped like yeah. sensation to be happy yeah yeah, you know? yeah. And that's why we had overcoming conflict yes yeah. because People were scared of what the consequences were, and then that was just our image to kind of show off to Soviet. And you know what's a good a good example of like a newer movie? Well, it's older movies came out like almost over fifteen years ago, but a movie that does this where it feels like you can see where this is going, but immediately turns you away is uh, The Departed. Yeah, uh, 
You've seen uh, it. You saw The Departed. I yeah. already know which part you're going to. Yeah, so spoilers, guys. I'm going to do a little spoiler. And The Departed came out a long time ago. But this came out in 2006. It's the just part. Just so you know. Yeah, yeah. So it's <laughs> almost 20 years ago. So it's the part where Leo, he's an undercover cop, and he, you you almost feel like, okay, well, I know where this is going to go. Like, Leo's going to, he's going to, he's undercover. He's going to catch the bad guy. Boom, 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 boom. He becomes the hero we all want him to be. But he's going through a lot in the movie, right? So finally, he catches the fucking, uh, he catches uh, Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. And they're in the elevator. And he's like, you know, you're going to jail. Whatever this is, this and that. And as the elevator door opens, a random boom. fucking just goon just shoots him in the head. Unexpected. Yeah, bro. and that's Unexpected. it for that character. Like, or main character. And there's still, what, 20 minutes left? 25 minutes left of the movie. Our main character's dead. You're yeah. like, what? Like yeah, like <laughs> it leaves be- you like no yeah because well, you, hold on you're <laughs> wanting him to win and you're like that doesn't what like you're, and you're just pissed I mean obviously the movie still has like a a resolve a, a resolved ending yeah. but it's not, not the way you one. wanted it it's yeah. not the way it was supposed to, like you thought it should have been and and I love that same with La La Land La La Land uh, spoiler alert okay well I won't say it then. <laughs> but La La Land is kind of the same. It's the same way, in a, it, I guess, kind of. Uh, it, it, it feels the same way where you want this ending, but it's that ending, but you also want that ending, and it could be this ending. Like, you don't really know halfway in like, now, like, wait, what's going to happen? And I like that, right? There's yeah. a lot of, and, and a lot of movies still don't do that now because it's easier for the mind to process and not think. A lot of the studios do that now, but I love whenever you don't expect the movies or you don't know which way it's going to go and, and, and what's going to happen. Like, those are the best. Yeah. Yeah, because it takes a twist. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's good storytelling right there is because that's a hook. Even though it's near the end, it's still a hook to you. Because you're like, okay, what's next? Like, it still keeps you... Yeah. Uh, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking Engaged. For? Engaged into mm-hmm. it. So you're just like, I want to know more. Like, mm-hmm. what's going to happen next, you know? I was going to say, I guess, like an example, and it's not really a good guy, bad guy scenario. It's kind of neutral, but like the lighthouse, mm-hmm. like when Robert Pattinson finally just gets rid of Willem Dafoe and then he goes up into the tower and you're like, oh, finally, I kind of know where this is going with the light. And then at the end, you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I will yeah. say that movie still confuses me. Um, I know it's, I mean, I know the basic premise of it. I know the premise, obviously. I've seen the movie. I know the premise, but like I still watched it and was like, Man, I don't know what the fuck. I, and maybe I was really high when I watched it. It was kind of <laughs> off the zone, but like, it definitely kind of like okay, this was it was one of those movies because I love artsy fartsy movies. Yeah, but that was probably one of those where I was like, I don't know if I love this one or just liked it. I you love know? it. Yeah, I, I know you would love it. Oh, I've seen it like five times. That's why. <laughs> See, and I might need to watch it again. Yeah, I did like it. I did like it. Like I was, I I enjoyed the cinematography. I enjoyed everything about it. I enjoyed. The, I watched the behind the scenes. Oh, and that's also the thing about physical copies is you got a lot of behind the scenes, a lot of the extras on there that you're able to watch, and a lot of the making of it. Um, and I saw I saw on YouTube though the making of the lighthouse and what they did to light it and the cameras they used because they went on film yeah and they had to use, but they had to use so much light that I inspired mean, so me much a light. lot having to watch special features though yeah oh same I was like oh that's how I, they make movies yeah I was like that's how they make them and this is the process it's mm-hmm. like that's pretty cool that's how I knew how because I was like how did they make this movie and it's already coming out yeah, you know? yeah it's like yeah. they already got this coming out and but then. Uh, it was Lord of the Rings, the two towers. Um, whenever uh, Peter Jackson was saying like, "Oh, we already got three in the bag," 
you know, it's already, you know, pretty much ready to release. You know, it's just a few touches here or there. And then um, he was like, oh, and then we're going to release this in December. And then by DVD, it should be released in the summer. So I was like, oh, every six months they release a DVD. I mean, it's faster now because yeah, yeah. everything just gets fleshed out and there's more movies being made. So they have three, to three, two months. Concept, yeah, they have to yeah. they have to uh, compensate for that. But um, yeah, it actually taught me a little bit of how, you know, the production goes and then you do mark and then you do editing. And then you do marketing, and then you do the release, yeah. and then from there, physical yeah. or stream now. Which is a whole, it's a big, big process yeah. uh, to do all that. But I, I I miss that type of process, though, because I, I miss where you can, like, you had to go to the movies for six months to watch that movie. Yeah. Or you couldn't watch it. And then not only that, after it was done with the movies, you had to wait another, like, three to, like, five or six months for it to be released or announced that it's releasing. Yeah. I remember that. I was like, I would always get frustrated. I'm like, okay, it's out of the movies. Like now you're waiting like five months and it tells you, okay, it's releasing now in three more months. You're like son of a bitch. Like yeah. I gotta wait <laughs> this long, man. And so now you're waiting a whole good amount of time to buy the DVD or buy the VHS or Blu-ray movie. I miss that though. Like I know it was a process, but you cherish that movie. So it kept much it more. in your head. Yeah. yeah. And you were talking about it more. There was no, it wasn't as easy access, so it meant more. Yeah. Watching these films. And, you know, I saw Fast and Furious like nine times when it first came out. Me and my mom and brother and sister. Yeah. It was at the Dollar Movies for so long. Oh, the first one? Yeah, the first oh, one. Oh, okay. We went like nine times to go watch it. Um, there were so many movies. We went to the movies to go see multiple times. Like now, Gibby, they, they don't like watching movies more than once. Like they feel like, well, I already watched it already. And I'm like, yeah, but the good thing you got to watch it again and catch things. And they're like, ah, I don't know. And I'm just like, that's crazy. Cause I was so used to just watching movies on repeat. Well, it's like uh star Wars, a new hope. Um, whenever, uh, Han Solo is like, Oh, everything's okay. You remember when they go into that one control room, they shoot up the guys. Oh yeah. 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 And he goes, what's going on up there? He's like, Oh, we're okay. Uh, everything's fine up here. How are you? You know, he starts <laughs> yeah, trying to yeah. like small talk with yeah. them. Well, after that, when you start seeing some troop, uh, stormtroopers run through a door, one of the doors didn't come up high enough for the guy, and you see him actually, and, and it's only on the DVD uh, from 2004 that released the collection mm -hmm. set, and Disney actually has it now, Disney Plus, but you see him go, <laughs> oh, hit, his, oh actually, hit the helmet? You will hear him go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because, you like. You won't catch that unless you rewatch it. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. See, those are the good things about those films. It's like going back to see the, even the slip ups because back in the day, the, a lot of the movies were on, all the movies were on film, so you're not. Yeah, a time crunch. Yeah, yeah, and you can't watch replays. You you're watching the you're sending the film to get um, uh, processed in order for you to watch the dailies within the week, few yeah. days, few days to a week. So by the time you're watching what you shot five six days ago, you're all like, oh fuck, we we fuck, we left that there. Oh damn, we left that there. And you're like, Gla okay, uh, Gladiator in the beginning after they fight that battle in the woods. Um, when you see uh, Leonidas, is it Leonidas? No, that's no, no, 300. no that's three hundred. <laughs> uh, well, when you see Russell Crowe yeah. walking and talking with the uh, one of his other fellow mates, um, you see a cowboy hat behind one of the stands. Damn. The guy was not enough behind the wall. Oh, he catches hat. And then in Troy, you actually, when you see Brad Pitt go up on the, after they take over the beach, and you see him go up on that next to that statue and looking over to see that hey, our ships are all in. When you see that 
downward view looking up at him you actually catch a plane a 747 going over his head yeah would have never (laughs) caught that i mean and now you can catch that and digitally remove it but back in the day it's like on dvd it vhs it's that's that yeah i gotta gotta release it there was uh which one was the one i was gonna say um that did that shit um menace to society or boys in the hood uh, in the beginning, which one was I think it was Menace to Society when they go into the gas station, and uh, Menace to Society is the one with Ricky, right? Ricky. No, no, no. Is that's that Boys, Boys in the Hood. Okay, in the beginning, Menace of Boys to Society is. Are you thinking Wayne's Brothers? No, 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 oh, no, 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 not that one. Oh, don't be a menace. Don't be that's a menace. No. Uh, in the beginning, they're walking into the gas station, and then as they're walking in, bro, like there's like a mirror. On the top, you know, in the gas stations, they have mirrors like, tilted so they can kind of see where people are looking in the aisles. Yeah. Well, you see the whole ass camera crew walk by. All the whole camera oh, crew walk shit. by behind them, man. <laughs> like uh, they're following yeah, him. Yeah, like they're the following camera. him with the camera, oh, dude. But obviously, like, if they don't catch it there, yeah. you, you know, you're waiting a few days for the stock. Just, well, we already shot it. We're it's already done. two days in. <laughs> but And even then, like you said, like most people aren't going to notice it the first time on mistakes anyway. So yeah. that's why you rewatch it multiple times and. You find little gems like that. You find things that you didn't know about the movies again. That makes it memorable. Yeah. But like, I can't tell. I can't see why somebody would have a favorite movie without watching it multiple times. Like, what's your favorite movie, Gibby? Inception. Have you seen that multiple times? Yeah. How many times? About three. Okay. That's good. That's good. That's good enough. But also, one of my favorite movies is, it's a mix between Inception and Fight Club. And... I've only seen Fight Club once, but it's probably one of my favorite movies of but all time. But it impacted you huge, right? That first yeah, because I don't want to rewatch it because I'm like, that's that's why I don't like rewatching movies all because I'm like, I not 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 because I know the ending, but it's kind of like I know the journey and I don't want to see that, that get resetted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that carry all that character development just to be resetted. Uh, yeah, we watched it live together, like live. We watched it together, and I was I was watching him wa- watch it, so his reaction was live. So like, when you've seen Fight Club, right? Yeah. Okay, so when he finds out that they're both the same person, he was like, what the fuck? Like, he was like, oh, that makes so much more sense. Like, you didn't yeah. catch it till the end, right? Because, see, I, I seen it the first time. And the first did, time I seen it, that first time, well, the first time I seen it, I was the same way. I was like, oh, shit, they're the same person, right? Did you kind of catch, though, whenever he sees the flicker of Brad Pitt in the beginning when he's in the cubicles yeah. and he's waiting at so, the fax machine? So I caught yeah. that, but I didn't understand what that meant. Yeah. Same. Until the second time I watched it, I go, duh. And then like, that's when they duh. go over explaining the little uh, fuzz you see yeah. on film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. It all it makes sense. It mixes so in. Everything. So when you watch it, because I've seen it multiple times now, there's so many things you catch now because you understand the story. You understand this. Or you, oh, I didn't understand that part. And this. So the movie becomes even better and better and better because there's so many things going on that. That you didn't understand the first time. Yeah, it's those visual context clues. Yeah, that it's like sh- uh, showing without telling. Yes, you know, a hundred percent. So you should rewatch it again. Fight Club. I know. Wrestling rewatch it again though. You'll like it even better the second time around. Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah, I've I've honestly been thinking of rewatching that. Yeah, that one's great. Um, Wolf, what did you bring today that you wanted to talk about? Oh. Um, yeah, I almost forgot about that. <laughs> but about uh, music and movies, but remixes of music mm. into a trailer, into the actual finished movie. And then they're like, oh, here's the official theme song for the movie. And it's like, no, it's a cover. But you could have used the actual artist. But I think that's where studios cut back because they're like, well, if we got to ask the actual ask the artist for permission, 
there's either that no or you're going to want a, a, a certain penny for it. And well, I understand, but at the same time, it's like some of the mixes are not good. Yeah, I think you. I think that's like I, I didn't. Real, I didn't notice. I didn't realize that until you said that. Like, I do. Yeah, you're right. Stu, and a lot of studios own the rights. So, like, let's we'll just say, for example, like, I'm the studio and you're the artist, right? So I own. Yeah, because that's how it is. I own you, so I own the rights to your music. But at the end of the day, if I use your music, I have to pay you out, right? But I yeah. own your music, so now I can go like, well, let me get Gibby to cover this. Because I own it, so I only got to pay you a small little fee, if anything, because I own the rights to it now. Uh, and Gibby, I can just pay him a one-time fee of, you know, $1,000 to cover the song or whatever. And then now this song is cheap. I own it. I paid $3,000 for it instead of paying, you know, 20, 30 grand, 40 grand for it to you. And now I suffer with a shittier, low-quality version of the actual song instead of getting the actual song. Yeah. But... I do like when movies do. I do like when some movies use music on uh, movies when it's done right. Yeah, where you almost go like, "Damn, did they, did they make this song for this movie?" You know what? I just thought of it. You remember uh, Karen O doing the cover of uh, uh, Ram- was it Ramble on? No, no, no. Um, immigrant song for girls with the dragon tattoo in that CGI intro. Uh, oh, you haven't seen it. No, I, don't, I, don't, I haven't seen it. But, I, but Damn. I, okay. no, no, no. I was gonna say that was a good example because I don't know the, the the movie is scored by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Yeah, shout out to Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they have a very gothic and brooding kind of sound throughout the entire movie. Like that score and like really struck me because it was like very ambient, and it's one of those like you can sit and listen. And, like, if you're in the mood to, like, take photos or anything, do any kind of video, just get in B-roll. It's one of those you can kind of zone in and get that, like, go for those that dark feel for it if yeah, you yeah. wanted to. And uh, mm-hmm. it threw me off with her cover because it was very, like, it's it's very loud. And Immigrant Song is a Led Zeppelin song, and it's one of their known, like, hard rock songs. And I don't know. It just took me out when I heard it the was first it, time. It didn't fit? Or no, it didn't fit. But like another <coughs> example is like Creator, the movie The Creator. Yeah, yeah. I really love how they threw in a Radiohead song whenever um they're first going to that village and they find uh I just saw the movie and I forget that little girl's name. Oh yeah, I don't remember Al- her name. Alfie. Uh-huh. When they find Alfie and they first find her. When they go to that village and it's just showing them taking the venture and you hear uh uh, that song from Radiohead and he goes everything in its right place mm-hmm. that I loved because I was like oh that really f- set the mood he yeah. knew how to direct it with that song that wasn't just thing. thrown in there it wasn't just thrown in there mm-hmm. and then I saw a trailer recently and it was the same song but it was a cover of it and I'm like you could have just used it because re- whoever was doing the song it didn't synchronize right mm-hmm. I don't know the atmosphere didn't fit it looked like they were Trying to make their own rendition, which you want to do with the cover. You want to make a, your own, make it your own. You don't want to copy and paste. But I don't know, man. It, but sometimes <laughs> it just doesn't. It doesn't it hit. fit. It doesn't I don't think fit. it fit the environment of the trailer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the atmosphere. So not saying the song's bad. Just saying that that specific version doesn't fit for the trailer. The yeah, and I think a lot of studio heads. It's a cheaper cut for them to just make mm-hmm. have some like we said, just make a cheaper version of it. Get a cover and get a cover, and. uh I don't know. They just kind of force feed it in there. It, it doesn't fit real. I agree. I, I, 
now you saying that here's some I'll, I'll name you a, a few, uh, maybe one or two good ones that done a good job with it right one is uh watchmen smashing pumpkins the the end this is the end to the end uh zach snyder did a really good job at putting that song to the trailer mm-hmm. to the point where i was like there's no way this song wasn't meant for this for this fucking trailer like have yeah. you seen it the trailer no. you seen the movie watch yeah okay i'll show you the trailer uh i need somebody. to hear somebody no i'm just kidding. <laughs> well, Shrek, that one right there that's gonna, a good one that's a good one that one had good it was good a cover music, and it was music. really really well done because wow. it fit though like the whole like scene yeah give me make sure the turn up a little bit the bluetooth i'm gonna bluetooth i thought this. you were talking about all-star the song that one fit i mean that's Shrek, a good one but that one fit the uh the right films yeah, in that in era, that era. Yeah, yeah because if you put that song to the right film you're like it goes with it like yeah, yeah. it worked with a lot of movies for sure because it has that feel good touch and then it was comedic it was like why is this here but i'm all for it yeah mm-hmm. but you almost felt like if that movie was in that song was in there you're like oh, i'm about to like this movie for sure oh like, yeah it, you it was a great one um but watchmen um here I'll, I'll put it on so you can see what i mean watch me trailer this is this one right here Yo. <laughs> that team move no. i won't play the, the whole YouTube thing service. so we don't get copywritten oh, strike oh, the down. survey yeah but uh y'all i'll put the link to the trailer this right here <laughs> Save us. And I'll whisper, no. I love Smashing Pumpkins. They're really That's good. That's dope. What was that? You say something, Sebastian? What happened? Huh? He wants waffles. Okay, where's Abby? All right, I'll be right there, okay? Um, yeah, I love Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, I, um, but tell me that wasn't a good song to the No, trailer. it like, was. And as I'm watching it, I'm thinking to myself, lyrics are another big issue that yeah. I'm hearing with music being mixed in. And it's like, this does not fit with the song. Like, I, I heard a cover of This Is the End from The Doors. Yeah. And it was in a, I think, a drama. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, this would fit for something a little more, you know, dystopian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This. I mean, I don't know. It did not fit. It didn't fit with it. And, yeah. and I think that's a big thing is like lyrics are getting very like, I don't know how to put it, but they're not as, there's not as much depth. Very. It's uh, like I could have wrote this. You ABC-ish. Know? Yeah, yeah. It, it really is. Elementary. Like, there's no depth to it. Yeah. It's like, it's okay to be a little pretentious with, yeah. with your writing, you know? And I, and I think that's something also for me, like, I love music and I play guitar. Like when I hear a song, well, okay, and, well, okay. <laughs> no, 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 just. I mean, I'm not really that. Good. Good. I'm not that good. No, we'll post his links down here. So you can guys check them out. But uh, whenever you hear uh, a song, there's not as many hooks, but also just with lyrics, it, it's just like, don't rhyme a word with a word just because it sounds good. Mm-hmm. You know, like it can have some kind of related meaning. Yeah. In comparison, but like. I'm not going to just put a word just because there's a synonym to go with it. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like have it as a runoff, I guess. Mm-hmm. Is it, I don't I don't know if I'm saying that right, but No, I know <laughs> what you mean. 
just not being thrown like everybody it's too easy like people aren't putting any meaning into it they're just rhyming words now and it's yeah. like passing it as like songs and then you'll hear it and you put it together and you're like this doesn't make sense it doesn't fit with this like why is why is this being said to this you like, can you can still keep relatable meaning in the sentence but don't rhyme every word word for word yeah because then it just sounds like lazy it sounds lazy yeah. yes it, it doesn't fit rap yeah very well i agree and i feel like a lot of like whenever you hear quotes from heroes now or like any movie just has a quoting to it like the bad guy for example is like oh that's lazy i've heard that before yeah you know give it a little more depth make it feel like uh i can you know relate to some emotion on yeah this. yeah that it doesn't feel like this is a very a cheap grab real quick. yeah it just feels cheap to me that's just i don't know that's uh, my issue with I'm it i'm gonna cut this so don't put that this one but there's uh, one of the things i don't like either and somebody did this was when they make a music video a movie feel theme music video but the song has like nothing to do with it i'm talking about yeah. it, it doesn't even sound like it right and we're gonna cut this so make sure we don't I, add this i was gonna say when I go to the gym, I feel like I see on the TV, they always advertise music videos of mm -hmm. what's out at the moment. There's a lot of videos I'm seeing like that. Like, I'll take off my headphones. I'm like, what is playing? And I, I pause it and I'm like, that this doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Why is that in the video? Thank like, this is you. so cinematic. But I'm like, this song is cheap. It this is a party song. Yeah. You know? like, I miss that art. I miss those type of artists. And we're still there, but there it, isn't it's as not many. as talked about. No. That's the thing. No. Yeah. There's more of the like, I'm trying to say something messages now, like just to, to be known, I guess, instead just to be of in a scene. Yes. Yeah. Instead of actually doing a movie because you, because it's about you, because it's, it's you who you would, you like, like, you, you know, and I'll bring it, I'll bring it, and I'll bring the example again of like, uh, it does, like, I don't care what kind of movie you make. I don't care the type of artist you are. Like one of my, one of the, one of a filmmaker, I, think is amazing is barry jenkins mm -hmm. he's a gay black filmmaker and he made one of my favorite movies of all time moonlight and it's literally about a struggling gay uh young black man in the hood and then you see his life yeah go but like that. i'm not gay i'm not black but i loved the shit out that movie and i felt it so much i was like holy shit bro like yeah. that made like because for him it was like this is a message about me like this is me this is what this is what, what's going on this he went and put the art into this mm -hmm. he didn't care about and and you know he might or whatever but like the way i felt it he didn't care about whether it was black or gay he was just like i'm gonna tell you a great story i'm gonna give you some amazing music some amazing visuals it felt personal oh my god yeah. bro I, I was at the theater just like gosh this is great like this is fucking amazing right and then you have movies like dicks dick the musical thing okay. where it's just in your face that are just like fuck you if you don't like gay shit then fuck you and it's just like yo man you could have just made a cool creative gay musical and you could have had a lot of people liking this but you just threw it in our face that we're bigots and uh, whatever if we don't like this it's like now i don't want to watch this yeah like no i'm not gonna watch it now like you already you're talking trash to your audience to people who could be watching it before we watched it and telling us if you don't watch this and it's like well then i don't want to watch it then yeah compared to just making an awesome movie tangerine was like that's just a fucking movie about a trans person struggling in la like those movies you uh, they're still great movies because they're giving you some real life death and the character whatever they are is just there 
and was because that person experienced it, a person saw that person, but it wasn't because it's like, this is it. This is the only thing that matters is this person's ethnicity or race. It's like, no, 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 that's there. Yeah. That doesn't need to be important. That needs to just be there and people will relate whether they're not that or they're straight. It doesn't matter. They'll relate or they'll feel for that person if the story is good. Just put artistic creativity over everything. I promise you will get ahead and you'll be you'll be appreciated more and you'll be seen in a lot better light than being just trying to push things for for shock value. Yeah. Know? Yeah, I think that's the problem now. Shock value. Yeah. Everything's trying to be over the top with like who can top who, you know? Yeah. And I know the business of music and movies has always been competitive, but like what made most artists stick out was because they always kept their personal you know emotions you know involved into mm-hmm. what they're trying to tell us yeah through movies visually in writing dialogue and uh, or how the characters move and then also in music how the lyrics translate to us as a listener or how you know uh, they express it and scream like and they're seeing singing ways like if it's screaming or it's very melancholy yeah. or if it's very expressive and like energetic you know yeah. it, it, it's supposed to feel personal it's yeah. your art you know that's the thing of art is it's an expression of who you are as a person or the world you see around you and how you visualize the mm-hmm. world or how you see you know a community of people the, the population itself all together like how it's translating into that i agree yeah that's a good yeah I yeah, like that. and that's the thing about art is yeah it's it's a, an expression meaningful expression no you're 100 percent right and there's not it, i wouldn't even say a lot necessarily any of that coming out anymore and yeah and not only that but to play on like um uh who who was it what was saying that um that one person you sent me that did it, the review of madame webb Oh, Chris Stuckerman? Yeah, he was saying how, like, you know, let's stop bashing the artists as much as oh, yeah. uh, we should take it out on the executives. Because it's true. Like, I'm sorry, but at the end of the day, like, you're look, you're not really hiring bad artists, bad writers. You're purposely. You're not doing that. Like, I get the writer of uh, Madam Web did Dracula Untold, Power Rangers. Uh, and then uh, Morbius. Morbius. Right? Yeah. I mean, he does have a bad track record for sure, right? But um, you got to understand as well, like... Can that a be lot blamed of, on him? Yeah, or because... what who they picked for him to work with? Because think about it. Know? Power Rangers is a big IP. So, yeah, they're going to get a writer, but you you really think the writer's going to have full control of that? Yeah. Fuck no. Most of the time, writers for those type of movies have, like, a, a skeleton built. They'll have their good story, they'll have what they built, and they'll have a good skeleton, and then the studio will just tear that shit apart and put you down as the writer, and then you got to take the hit for it. Yep. So I'm not saying that the writer of Madam Web is the best. I'm not saying a lot of the writers are the best, but I think we need to really understand that a lot of these are studio. We need to take it out on the studio, not the artist, because yeah. there's not an artist who is an actual artist that goes out there and tries to purposely make a bad movie. No. Like, they really are putting care and thought. And if even if you watch, like, the MCU, right, the behind the scenes of all the cast and crew and writers talking about how, like, well, I didn't read any of the comics. Well, read and read the comics. Most of them are not, they're not just saying they didn't read the comics before writing this. They're also saying they told us not to watch anything else. The studio told us not to read the comics and to write this. Yeah. So 
really think about that. You think a writer's going to go into a movie and say, and there probably is some writers, but most writers aren't going to go into a comic book movie with a lot of fucking history and a lot of books to go to and say, I'm not going to read any of this. I'm just going to wing it. Like, there's just no fucking way. So a lot of it, I do blame a lot of the studios for shit like this. And then they don't get the hit. Yeah. They gave it to you guys to get to take the hit. Yeah. Which is wild. And, and that's funny because I think he was saying, uh, you could see, uh, what was her name? The actress that played Madam Web? Oh, Dakota Johnson. <clears throat> Dakota Johnson. <clears throat> like, if you see her in interviews right now talking about the movie, she kind of has that look like, I knew. can we move past this? Yeah. You know, like, I, I think her idea was whatever she was doing, it was not the final product that came out she said it was so the material switched so much that she doesn't even remember what the first part like the first was like damn it, you know what uh what's his name he was in moonlight too oh Marshall. oscar isaac no oh, no Mah- mahershali mahershali i always fuck up his name he was on moonlight <laughs> moonlight i think he said moon Knight. no moonlight moonlight yeah yeah, yeah yeah like he almost left blade because he read the first script that they had for it he's like this is fucking awful yeah like i'm not doing this movie like and 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 you look at his discography of film or his filmography you look at that and it's like yeah no this guy would not settle for that for a bad film no and and just reading the like the leak stuff of what the film was about it's like why would you i just don't get why force females to be badass if it's just gonna make people hate it like just let them come off as badass and trust me we will love them we will if if you can create in that universe and give us a real reason why she's stronger than that person mad max fury road then yeah we'll fucking believe it like i didn't i didn't care for furiosa at first i was kind of mad because i was like no mad max is the main and then you watch the movie and you're like, she's fucking badass. With the trailer you're like, on Holy it, yeah. shit, bro. Like, oh, well, you watch the Mad Max Fury Road and then you watch the trailer. Yeah, yeah. And you're just like, bro, like, yeah, on Fury Road, you just fall in love with Fury Road. So you're just like, she's fucking awesome. Like, uh, you go, I love Mad Max, but damn, I'm, I may love her more than Mad Max. Like, she's fucking. Yeah. There was never a point where it was like forced, like, look how better she is. It was just like, they're equal. This is what she's got to do. This is how badass she is. And. You know, she has her weaknesses. Look, she lost her arm. Like, look, she's got flaws, but, like, look how she's overcome. And you're just like. And do you feel for oh, yeah. her whenever they finally get to that land and they're like, this was it? And yeah. it's just barren desert. A hundred, yeah. And 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 you kind of go like, yeah, she might be better than fucking Mad Max. Like, she might be more awesome. <laughs> yeah. and, the, and it's not even done on purpose. It's just like they you, made both of them badass, but, like. Yeah. The way that Furiosa, you just kind of go like, but fuck, bro, Furiosa is kind of fucking better, you know? Like, holy shit. You followed him on a journey. Yeah. yeah. And so that's what we want. And I don't feel like a lot of people are doing, a lot of the writers are doing that. Trust me. On the, like you said, the Blade movie. If you want to add females on there, ha- write them like you would write males. Yeah. Not as badass well, all the time. Just fucking flaw. Like, just I try to overcome shit. I think they had too many shit. jokes, too. That was another issue with yeah. the script. They yeah. were trying to make it kind of comical and... Ali's thing was like, no, like, I mean, yeah, you had Wesley Snipes throw a few quirks in. Like, you remember whenever he saves uh, the ma- that girl from the hospital in the beginning? And he's like, motherfucker, you just shoot me. Yeah, did you just shoot motherfucker? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. all the cops don't load on him, but he has a vest. It's funny. Un- it's not purposely like, here's the joke. It's like, it's, it's just, just a punchline. Yeah, you're just like, that's funny because like, he's pissed off. Like, he's not purposely like, I'm going to be funny. No. It's the way it comes off, and you're just like, you laugh at it because you're like, yeah, that'd be scary if you didn't shoot him. And he'd be like, Motherfucker, did you just shoot at me? And he's, he's like, he's still going? Yeah, <laughs> like, you're like, holy shit. So, yeah, I yeah. I agree. Like, 
those movies like those have a, that's that's what worked and and now everything's just kind of forced in a different way that is it to me isn't working and it's showing it's not working like this is a we want everybody to win who's creative yeah. that's who i want to win like cowboy bebop um oh i forgot her name but it was in the series that came out two years ago rose? um is it rose Whenever she, uh, like in the show, she, she's cool. Like she's, you know, she, she kind of is that sex symbol of the show, but she does have like that smart, you know, like, um, she has her moments. She has her moments where she's like a smart, uh, smart ass. No, like she's tactical, I guess. And like her gambling and like, you could tell that there's some, she's witty. There's some depth to her cause they're. I think is an episode or two that goes on some backstory, but whenever you watch the main live action series, you see her just like being a trash mouth, yeah. you know? And it's like, why is she cussing this much? Mm-hmm. Like, she sounds like she has no self control. Like she's saying the F word, just throwing it out there and the be- like same bitch, you know? Yeah. And it's like, it's yeah, it doesn't feel like doesn't I care fit. about her. It's like, yeah. Oh my God, you're getting annoying. Yeah. Like, stop. You sound like you're, she sounds like she's just complaining. She's yeah. not like actually like, a character that's just annoyed by the other character. She's just trying to, I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it, but it, like, it, it just did not hit the mark. I agree. That series fell off quick. Oh, big time, big time. And, and and that's where I feel like they forced that too much. Like they try to have an edgy character. They do that consistently yeah. now. <clears throat> and let's stop with the, uh, let's stop casting people <laughs> just for specific roles so like for example you're we you you're damaging yourself and other artists when you go like this character should only be played by an indigenous person this character should only be played by a this exact person with this background and you realize acting is acting yeah like are you talking about like john logazamo getting mad about james franco playing fidel castro all of it bro you're an actor but it's like didn't you play an italian in three different movies in the 90s and you're puerto rican this motherfucker and it's just frustrating because i'm like acting is acting like you need to fuck like i would prefer you immerse yourself yes i prefer performance over the ethnicity i prefer someone who can take the job seriously over the ethnicity like obviously you want someone who looks the part right so like i'm not saying like well, Channing Tatum should play Martin Luther King because he's the best actor. Like, that's not what I'm saying, right? But it's like sponsored by Netflix. <laughs> it's like Dark Knight. Bruce Wayne is American. Yeah, but he's been played by a he's been played by Kristen Bell, who's British, right? British yeah. or English, whatever. He's not. But that's one of the best. He played him perfectly. He yeah. played him well done. So like, cool. Let's fucking do it. Henry Cavill is fucking. He's not. Uh, but yeah, and he plays a lot of Americans like. Acting is acting. Like you can't you're you're limiting yourself. Like you're all like, well, only people who are deaf should play deaf characters. It's like you realize there's not enough characters for that. So that means you're limiting deaf people to play other characters that yeah. could just be used on there because you're being so like only these characters should play this and you're limiting yourself from every single thing. Like yeah. and that's what sucks. What was that movie with Leonardo DiCaprio and Johnny Depp? Uh Gilbert Grape. Mm-hmm. Uh where he plays a a kid that has down syndrome yeah and leo played it to the t and he's a kid he's probably like your age and he's playing this role and he pulls it off and you feel sympathetic very sympathetic for that character uh especially we you know what happens to the mom mm-hmm. later in the film and because you know he's 
he's got a, a an issue he can't understand emotions how we do so his grief was like totally you know hitting and it makes you feel sorry for that guy and a movie like that wouldn't be made now yeah for an actor to do that kind of role because it would make you seem like you're a bad person because mm -hmm. you're trying to like oh you're mocking them and it's like yeah. no it's it's part of the job yeah. of acting you're supposed to you know build this world from ground up mm -hmm. you're, you're just role-playing it you know you're not trying to mock you're not yeah, trying yeah. to insult but that at that point that would depend on the writer and the director how they're yeah you how know, making presented. you move through it yeah yeah, yeah I, I i agree i mean one thing i will agree that you can't do and no way because i wouldn't see any way is blackface like i don't see any reason yeah. besides robert Downey jr just satirizing the fact of how ridiculous it is to go through blackface like tropic thunder was him showing you like look how ridiculous some actors went beyond to go into character you know like that's yeah. the only thing that i don't think would work at all it's like yeah just get a black actor Why would he was you the dude him? playing the dude disguised yeah at the that i love the movie yeah. like that yeah, yeah yeah but besides that yeah I, I i think there's a lot and this isn't me complaining everyone does whatever the, the hell they want to do i'm just giving you my opinion on let's, let's stop limiting each other and let's start understanding that entertainment is entertaining acting is acting you know, being creative is creative so Let's get past this whole like agendas and politicalness and uh, pushing um, quote quotas. You know, just let's just stop. Yeah. And let's get to the art. Like I'm telling you, don't matter who you are, what you are. If you're creative, that's all that matters. We want to see how creative you are. We want to see what goes on in your head and the art that you can bring, not the outside. Like, well, I'm this and I'm that, and I go by. That's fine. No, no. What's the how? creative are you yeah. that's the that's what's going to show you who you are like us showing seeing the creative person you are um yeah take some lsd and go in your head a little bit no i'm just kidding <laughs> uh let's wrap up we are at the end of our show we've gone yeah. a little bit uh well one thing i just wanted to cover because i feel like we talked over you a little bit too there much. <laughs> but you wanted to talk about the monster verse oh yeah uh yeah i was just wanted to bring up because i was just like a lot, I, I, there's a lot of hate for the MonsterVerse, cause especially because it's like... The new trailer? Yeah, just in general, though, like with the MonsterVerse. And like, I, I could get it. And there's some hate where I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Where it's just like the characters aren't good. And like mm. a lot of the... It's just very comedy and comedic. Which I'm like, that's true with, with a lot of things. But I honestly do have hope for the new Kong and Godzilla movie. Yeah. Because I, I like the idea of a verse, you know? Monster, yeah. like a Godzilla, King Kong verse, where they're together and that kind of thing. It's kind of like, you know, the MCU where they're like bringing back all these characters. And obviously, you know, they're taking inspiration from the Japanese uh, kaijus and all these other things. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm excited to see where they can truly go when it comes to like, like Megalon and all these other characters like Ghidorah and all these, all these people. And I'm excited to see truly what, what this verse has in store for kaijus in the American like society. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm interested to see if they bring a character like Destroyer. Yeah, I'm like, excited. That's that what I've be been. Cool. That's what I've been dying to see. Yeah, because that was like, that's based, like, that was like a. It's like Thanos. Yeah, that was like the th he's the Thanos. He's like the dark side. Are, are, you, of are you talking about like the new Godzilla universe? Yeah. yeah. Well, and you know the crazy thing about it though too is like the, I don't think the movies have made as much money. Like I think the movies are just no. running off of like. All right, we made our money back in a little bit of some. Let's make another one. All right, we made yeah. our money back in a little bit of yeah. some. Like, they're just <laughs> running off of, all right, well, we're getting our money back and making a little well, bit of money. After that second one, they were like, if it doesn't do what very well or make something back, we're not going to 
continue this. And that was a scare, but I think the community kind of pushed it. They're like, no, we're going to do it. Let me see how much some of the movies have. have Yeah, look at the box office. Yeah, um, I'm curious to see where it goes. I just hope they don't Marvel wash it. Yeah. And I say that with the fact of, like, don't give this an Avengers feel. Like, I think uh, what you need to do is because they're monsters, they're giants, Mm -hmm. they're you know, something, give them that Lovecraftian feel where it's like, you know, there's like Gale. There's like the absolute monster of creatures. Yeah. Like disgusting. Yeah. Just just give us that dread a bit. Yeah. You know? like, like that horror yeah. aspect. Because the third one was good. Like Shin. Showing the action. Yeah. And the only issue with the third movie was just, it felt like there was trying, it was trying to do too much of a comedic pull with the human yeah. characters. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, it It's hard it's hard to wrap around those because you don't want the monster movies to feel ridiculous. Yeah. As like, Oh, well, this is for little kids, but a lot of grown people like it. And well, like, it's cause they humanize the, the monsters. <clears throat> yeah. And they <clears throat> too humanize. Like you look at the new one, the new trailer with Kong and Godzilla, like all the monkeys and stuff like that. Like they're all very humanized where you kind of go like, Oh, so they're all going to have this story. So that's why I feel silly because it's, it goes too it goes too cartoonish. Now all of it, yeah. Where instead of it being monsters and being afraid of these monsters or whatever, like we're just kind of in this like live action cartoon, which now I'm I'm on board. Like it just like that's just what's working for yeah. this monster. It's like they I feel like they've set it up well enough, but I don't know how strong the community is still to keep that. A yeah, because like going. you go from Godzilla the first movie with Brian Cranston, which was more serious, more dark, six hundred million dollars. Then you go to King of Monsters, which was the second one made. 387 million which isn't yeah. a lot that but you know it made th- back but like half yeah back, not as much was. yeah and then godzilla versus kong that one's 470 million which wasn't bad as well again yeah. uh and i think that was the last one right yeah that's yeah. the last one but it's also kind of like godzilla and kong have always been these kind of defenders of earth yeah like for this like if, even concept. since like 1950 yeah where like they've been fighting these monsters to defend themselves but also the like the people around them yeah so it's just always like it's especially heisei where he was the one who fight destroyer and he's the one who died it, it's kind of just like i hear that a lot where they're like oh they shouldn't just they should have just made him a monster i'm like but that's that's always how he's always been the first movie he was more like a you're like oh my gosh that's i love 2014 2014 is probably one like yeah. the best movie out of the monster verse and, and it was a good bring back to the monster verse because yeah. You know, Godzilla went through his Showa era in the 60s, and it felt mm-hmm. cartoonish, and it was made more for kids. Yeah. And uh, I loved those movies, you know, growing up. Mm-hmm. But then in the 1980s, they had the night, which they call it Godzilla 1984, or it had a different title to it, too. But uh, that's whenever he came back, and it's like, oh, God, he's like a force of nature, and mm-hmm. he's not good. Mm-hmm. And it kind of added that dread back to him. And yeah. then we started going in that path, and then after, like, 1998, or Godzilla 2000, it started kind of going downhill a bit. And that's whenever it started getting a little cartoonish because it did Final Wars and he fights all these monsters. And it yeah, puts Millennium random, Godzilla. Puts this random rock music in where every time he fights something. They Americanize <laughs> this. In a way, it's like... Just give him guns now. There's Godzilla Expendables. I'm yeah. glad they're not... I'm glad, honestly glad they're not doing the suits anymore. Because I always... Suits? Oh, yeah. Those, uh, those interviews where they're talking about like how like they almost died in a lot of those... When they were shooting, oh the films. yeah, because they were getting heat strokes. And like, almost. Yeah. there was one time oh, yeah. they were filming in the ocean, and the original guy, he, I think, no, it was Millennium, I think, and uh, he was like, they were filming in the ocean and fighting this fight scene, and he fell, 
and the oxygen thing broke. Oh, shit. so they had a, and he couldn't get up because it was so heavy. So they had to like stop reduction. He was drowning. So they had to pull him out and they had to like cut open the thingy so he could get out and breathe. Yeah, it was so Jeez, crazy. Man. And it, there was so much water in the suit that didn't get out. So he was just like drowning in that thing. Oh, imagine yeah. how heavy that gets too. Like, yeah, oh my there were so many times where they all died. They almost died. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, eh, and I guess that's a good thing. They're going on the CGI route. Yeah, but um, what I like about those, they know how to keep the CGI a little, you know, mixed into what you're seeing around them mm-hmm. in the environment. Because a lot of movies are kind of failing at that. Yeah, like a lot of the superhero movies, oh, they're not they're not blending CGI. the. Yeah, well, it's not just that. It's just blend the CGI to the environment. Because when you look at mm-hmm. the Hobbit movies, they don't look as good. No, no, no. Compared to like the 2001 yeah. and 2004 era, or three. Yeah. I forgot they came out back to back. Yeah, good CGI is when you can look at a movie and be like, see, why don't they make movies like this that don't have CGI? And you go, ah, wait a minute. It's too crisp. Yeah, but then yeah. you go like, but that was CGI in that part. And you're like, well, I can't tell. It's like, I know because they put it into the environment. And 90, 95% of the movie is practical. So yeah. the CGI that they did use, they can just focus on that part and perfect it so real that you can't even tell it's CGI. Yeah. Whereas today, you have the set pieces like on Marvel movies where you watch behind the scenes and like 10% of it is practical. But the fact that it's only 10%, everything else you can tell is CGI. So you don't know what's practical. You're just like, everything is CGI? Like, yeah. I guess. Well, there is a scene in The Hobbit uh, where Ian McKellen is uh gandalf and he's sitting at the table and he's just surrounded by green screen so the whole scene you're thinking in in real life he's when you watch the movie you think he's actually in that room with all those actors he's not yeah and he actually almost had a break down uh filming that because who talked to they kept want, yeah well they kept making him want to go back over and over on it and he was getting frustrated because he's like i don't know what feel y'all want. Yeah. I have nobody here to yeah. interact with. Who am I talking you know, to? I'm ta- yeah, because, you know, he's old school. He's yeah. old school theatrical trained, you know? Yeah. And theater trained. And he is just like, I'm used to being around a yeah. room of people yeah. to work with, to go script over. They did such a Not, good job at that movie. Yeah. And then uh, he's just like, here's The Hobbit. And then you think they're all in that Shire hut. And then. They're it's all just him. in separate rooms yeah, yeah. doing this. And it's like, <laughs> damn. You could have had the same people in the same room use forced perspective to make the hobbits look like hobbits mm-hmm. and then still have him at the table. I feel like they did that on some scenes. Some, but mo- there was a some, good majority I've seen some of behind that. the scenes of it. And there was some, but I, I do remember him seeing that he didn't talk to a lot of them most yeah. of the time. Like he was like, oh, like they know. wanted to cut back on time. So yeah, yeah. instead of doing forced perspective shots to make <laughs> the scale look different, yeah. they did. They just uh, added green him screen, in. yeah, yeah. Which he, they added him in on practical, so everything was still yeah. real. So it wasn't like CGI; like they still added him to. Real. Yeah, they're all being shot, but there's a green screen to yeah. kind of lay in the shots, mm-hmm. and it's like. <laughs> but it worked because I'll be honest, bro. I didn't even notice none of that shit. Too. Yeah, you would have never done the scenes. <laughs> that shows like, the commitment. Shit. Yeah, especially like you said, for someone who comes from theater, where the real art, where they're all like, "I need to be talking to them in person," you know? Exactly. So and. Not like Lion King, where they didn't seem as expression in the animals. On the live action one? Yeah. Yeah. It was like, because people were making comparisons with Godzilla. It's like, how did these, uh, this high top action movie have more expression in the monster's faces than the, the Lion, Lion King, which you're supposed to feel emotionally connected to? Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen Lion King live action, but that's one of the main complaints I hear about it is like, there's no face expression. Yeah, because they look at them and they're all like, 
that's sad. Like you look at Simba, dad. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Um, all right, well, let's wrap it up, guys. Uh, we're running good on time. Um, we'll catch up more, though, next week on a lot more stuff, guys. Um, everybody, uh, pick a movie. What movie of the week do you want to tell everybody to watch this week? Um, hmm. Y'all go first so y'all can think. Um, check out Perfect Blue. It's an anime movie. Uh, that one was actually recommended from one of my boys, Daniel. Uh, Daniel Hook. And it took him a while. To get me to finally watch it, finally watched it, became one of my favorite movies of all time. I still so, need to watch it. He showed us one scene from that so movie. So fucking good. So what? Watch that. I recommend Perfect Blue. Uh, I recommend watching Pacific Rim, directed by Guillermo. Really good action movie. One of my favorite movies ever. It's a good movie. I'm stuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'll just throw out a random one, I guess. Um, Damn, honestly, I'm stuck. Dog movie. No, you know what? Yeah, throw out a show. Yeah, throw out a show. Uh, watch out for uh, first season of uh, Fargo. Oh yeah. I'd, yeah, I was like, you know what? I saw something to Billy Bob Thornton earlier. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's a good show. Check out Fargo, then, guys. Check out that season one. one. Season one. They all tie together in some way, but season one, they're all anthology. Yeah, I, I've seen parts of it. I haven't seen the full season. But I'm gonna check that out. Um, all right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys, and we'll see you guys next week. Later, y'all. Peace. Peace.